Take your Bibles this morning and turn to Matthew chapter 11. Matthew chapter 11. Read verse 1 through 6. It says, And it came to pass when Jesus had made an end of commanding His twelve disciples, He departed thence to teach and to preach in their cities. Now when John had heard in the prison the works of Christ, he sent two of his disciples and said unto him, Art thou he that should come, or do we look for another? Jesus answered and said unto them, Go and show John again those things which ye do hear and see. The blind receive their sight, the lame walk, the lepers are cleansed, and the deaf hear, the dead are raised up, and the poor have the gospel preached to them. And blessed is he whosoever shall not be offended in me. Let's pray. Dear Lord, I ask that you will fill me with your power this morning as I preach this message. Lord, I pray that it will I will give it in the right spirit, Lord, and it will be received in the right spirit that folks will get this message, Lord, that I'm trying to get across, and I just pray it will be a help, Lord, during these difficult times we're facing in this nation. In your name we pray. Amen. This passage of scripture we just read. Uh, this is talking about John the Baptist. Now, John the Baptist, he got he got the best compliment that anybody could ever get. Jesus Christ Himself said that there was no other man born of women that was greater than John the Baptist. Not only did John the Baptist get that compliment from Jesus, John the Baptist also got another compliment that people mistook or they missed when Jesus first started his ministry. They thought it was John the Baptist. Can you imagine if people met Jesus and they thought it was you? I mean, that's a pretty good compliment right there. But that's the kind of man John the Baptist was. He was a great, great man. But John the Baptist, you remember the story, all he did was preach the truth. He uh, preached the truth to Herod and said that it was not lawful to have the wife that he had. It was his brother's wife. And Herodias, boy, she didn't like that at all. She hated John the Baptist. And John the Baptist ended up getting put in prison. And John the Baptist, I don't know, we don't know all that was going on in his heart and his mind then, but he's obviously a little discouraged and wonder what's going on. And he sends some of his disciples to go talk to Jesus and say, Art thou he that should come, or do we look for another? He was starting to wonder, was Jesus really the Messiah? I don't know if John the Baptist was looking at the circumstances that he was in and what was going on. But I think I really think in his mind at that point, he's thinking, what is going on? What is going on? And Jesus, you know, he sent his disciples back, confirmed that he was who he said he was. But you know what? John the Baptist wasn't really feeling it right then at that moment. He was discouraged. He was in prison. It was a difficult time, and he's wondering what is going on. And the title of my message today is What is Going On? I really couldn't think of a good title for it. And I guess what inspired this message is kind of some of the events that are just going on in our country right now. If you uh, if you like to depress yourself and you watch the news very much, you'll, you know you'll know what I'm talking about with this uh, battle that I guess is going on, this debate over gay marriage and the attack that has come on a restaurant owner just because a restaurant owner said that he believes in traditional marriage. We got uh, politicians that want to block them from putting a restaurant in their town because of a religious belief. The guy sells chicken sandwiches. He doesn't even make these decisions. Saying and, and 
And then you got all these people, the news media, I mean, boy, they, I mean, they're just putting this guy down and they act like he's this terrible hater, they'll call him. I mean, they say all, and they say that about people who believe in the biblical example of marriage, one man and one woman. And they're saying all these crazy things and, and I can't even believe we're having this debate. I mean, the thing, you know, the mayor, Talked about how of Chicago talked about how his values weren't Chicago values. Doesn't he realize that gay marriage is illegal in Chicago? I mean, it's illegal pretty much everywhere in America right now. But yet, because a restaurant owner says that he's against it, now we've got a big problem. You know what this is? It's an attack on religion, folks. It's it's that's all there is to it. And people, uh, I mean, this world is getting crazier every day. I mean, Christians are being viciously attacked for believing what the Bible says, what's true, and most of what these what we believe too. Our law even supports it. So our law agrees that what is going on. I mean, we're constantly being told that calling something a sin is considered hate speech in Canada. Preachers are not allowed to speak from their pulpit against homosexuality. That is considered hate speech. They can be arrested for doing that. There are people in this country that would like to do that. But the truth is, it is not hate to call something a sin. It's not hate. We all agree, and I think to, to illustrate that, we all agree that losing your temper and punching somebody in the nose is a sin. Are we all correct? But do we hate somebody? People that do that? Do we hate somebody? I mean, the truth is, I can kind of relate with that. There's been people I've wanted to punch in the nose before. I've seen people get punched in the nose before, and I, even though that was a sin, you know, I didn't hate him for it. Yeah, they shouldn't have done it, but I understood it. Have you ever seen somebody lose their temper? And may, I mean, I've been places before people they've lost their temper and maybe just went off and chewed somebody out. That was a sin. I'll admit it. That was a sin. Did I hate him? Absolutely not. If it's hate to tell people that what they're doing is sin, then that means all these people that are saying that we should say no to drugs, they're all haters. They hate drug addicts. They hate people who who take drugs. All these people who say that children should listen to their parents and listen to their school teachers that say that it's a sin when they disobey, they're haters. You hate kids because kids disobey their parents sometimes. They they like it's it's just natural for them to do that. And because you are against them doing something that it is completely natural for them to do, you're a hater. You're a bigot. No. Nobody nobody thinks that. But what is it with this pet sin of homosexuality that people I mean that you are not allowed to say anything against it? What is going on? Listen, I'm here today to tell you that I while I speak against the sin as much as anybody, while I'm against what is going on in a lot of areas in this country, and especially when it comes to gay marriage that just doesn't even make sense, I don't hate those people. I absolutely do not hate those people. And if I did, I would be wrong. And what's sad is many Christian people were being told that so much. A lot of them are starting to believe it. It's like, well, we're not supposed to hate anybody. Jesus, He was all about love. I guess we should just go ahead and accept what's a sin. 
And because we don't want to be haters, we don't want. It is not hate to call something a sin. If that is true, that calling something a sin is hate, then one of the biggest haters in the world is God. Leviticus chapter 18, verse 22. You want to turn over there? Leviticus 18, verse 22. Now I'm going somewhere with all this because I want. The truth is, we see in the Bible exactly what is going on. I know we can look at this, and it can really, it can really bother you. Can really get discouraged. But I'm telling you, that you don't need to be discouraged. Uh, what's going on makes perfect sense, and I, I want, I want, I want you to understand. That. I don't want you to let people convince you that you are a hater for taking a stand against sin and not, not supporting a sin. Leviticus chapter 18, verse 22, it says, "Thou shalt not lie with mankind as with womankind. It is abomination." That word abomination it means to make you sick. I mean, it, it is an abomination. Um, Verse 23, Neither shalt thou lie with any beast to defile thyself therewith, neither shall any woman stand before a beast to lie down thereunto. It is confusion. Defile not ye yourselves in any of these things, for in all these the nations are defiled which I cast out before you. God was bringing them into the land of Canaan, which we now know is Israel. It was a wicked land. It was a land that was that was full of all these things. The, the Sodomites dwelt in that land and there was much evil. All that was going on. And God said, don't defile yourself with these things like the other nations that I'm driving out because of their sin. And then it says in verse 25, and the land is defiled. Therefore I do visit the iniquity thereof upon it. And the land itself vomiteth out her inhabitants. Ye shall therefore keep My statutes and My judgments and shall not commit any of those abominations, neither any of your own nation nor any stranger that sojourneth among you. For all these abominations have the men of the land done which were before you, and the land is defiled. But the land spew not you out also when ye defile it as it spewed out the nations which are before you. For whosoever shall commit any of these abominations, even the souls that commit them shall be cut off from among their people. Therefore shall ye keep mine ordinance that ye commit not any one of these abominable customs which were committed before you and that ye defile not yourselves therein. I am the Lord your God. What God is saying here, He said these things that... These abominations, they will destroy your nation. The land itself, it's gonna, it's gonna vomit you up. It's, you're defiling it. And there are some sins that as a nation and as a people we cannot, we cannot accept. That when we allow these things and when we, uh, and when, especially when we embrace them and when we celebrate them, there's going to be consequences. And there is going to be things that are going to happen. I mean, if you live a certain lifestyle, if you're there's there's diseases and things that come in. There's horrible things that can happen. It's destroying our society. I mean, families today are so confused and it's they're so messed up. And we have, I mean, all the crime and the suicide that goes on in uh, in families where this kind of stuff is going on. It is something that God said. It is. It'll destroy you. It will destroy your nation. And we are supposed to speak out against it. It's an abomination. And people will try to tell you, well, that was an abomination in the Old Testament. It's not an abomination in the New Testament. And the Old Testament also said it was an abomination uh, to eat, you know, eat pork. Well, if you read 
Leviticus chapter 11, it goes through the dietary laws. And there you'll see there is a difference. Even though it says abomination, it says an abomination to the Jew. There were some things that were special for God's people, for the Jews. And they had those dietary laws. But for this, the word just read here, he said, this is a law for you. It's a law for anybody that comes into your land. Because that will destroy you. And the truth is, this sin is affecting all of us. I mean, there is just more and more perversion going on in this country. I mean, it's just disgusting the things that are going on, the things that we have to protect our kids from. They're not safe anymore because there's so many perverts out there. There's so much of that stuff on television that people that are coming through there all the time. People's minds are so corrupted. And telling somebody to stop a sin, it's not hate. If the truth is, it's real love. If telling somebody to stop a sin is hate, then Jesus was a hater. John chapter 8, verse 1 through 11. People love to bring this story up. Whenever, whenever you go, you know, speaking against sin, they'll say, well, what about that woman that was taken in adultery? Jesus told all them religious Pharisees, let him who is without sin cast the first stone. And Jesus didn't condemn her. Therefore, we shouldn't speak out against anybody's sin. Well, you know, a lot of people that say stuff like that, you'll find out they like to stop reading in certain spots and they don't continue reading. But let's look at that story. It says in verse 1, Jesus went under the Mount of Olives, and early in the morning he came again into the temple, and all the people came unto him, and he sat down and taught them. And the scribes and Pharisees brought unto him a woman taken in adultery. And when they had set her in the midst, they say unto him, Master, this woman was taken in adultery in the very act. Now Moses and the law commanded us that such should be stoned. But what sayest thou? This they said, tempting him that they might have to accuse him. But Jesus stooped down and with his finger wrote in the ground as though he heard them not. So when they continued asking him, he lifted up himself and said to them, He that is without sin among you, let him first cast a stone at her. And again he stooped down and wrote on the ground. And they which heard it, being convicted by their own conscience, went out one by one, beginning at the eldest, even unto the last. And Jesus was left alone, and the woman standing in the midst. And when Jesus had lifted up himself, and saw none but the woman, he said unto her, Woman, where are those thine accusers? Hath no man condemned thee? She said, No man, Lord. And Jesus said unto her, Neither do I condemn thee. Well, isn't that, isn't that special? Isn't that loving? Jesus didn't have a problem with her committing adultery. Jesus was okay with that. Jesus didn't condemn her. But wait, there was one more line in that passage. Listen to this hateful, hateful, bigoted thing Jesus said. Go and sin no more. Go and sin no more. What she did was wrong. It was a sin. But you know what? Thank God, Jesus does forgive. Because the truth is, we're all sinners. I know I'm I'm talking about a certain sin today, but at the same time, we are all sinners. That's why we don't hate those people. We don't hate them. But what we do is we we are continuing to admit exactly what it is. It's a sin. And sins are to be repented of. Listen, we don't justify we're not supposed to justify any sin, whether it's homosexuality, whether it's spitting on the sidewalk when it's against the law, whatever it is, 
a sin's a sin, we don't go trying to justify it. We don't embrace any sin. We don't celebrate any sin. I'm, you know, I, you know, because I have, maybe I got a little bit of a temper problem because I get everybody. I'm not going to go around doing campaigns and wearing ribbons and things saying you know, support angry people and let's celebrate anger and let's celebrate tempers and let's you know let's you know, let's embrace that. No. If I've got a problem with sin in my life, I'm supposed to try to get it under control. I'm supposed to try to deal with it. Oh, but you don't understand, you know, these people they're born that way. Yeah, we're all born sinners. We all were born sinners. Just because you were born with a temper doesn't mean you have the right to go around punching whoever you want to punch. You've got to try to get that under control. And you know, and you're gonna mess up and you're gonna make mistakes, and then you know what you need to do? You need to go to God for forgiveness. And he'll forgive you, but you know what he's gonna tell you? He's gonna tell you, now go and don't do it again. Go and sin no more. My children, you know, they get in trouble, they get in trouble regularly. Chloe, she's about to get in trouble right now. She's probably gonna have to talk to her after service. But you know what? When they get in trouble, after I'm done talking to them. And I mean, I might even be yelling at them. I might even have to give them a whooping or something. I might have to ground them. But I can promise you one thing: I still love them. But you know, I don't say, you know, Chloe, because I love you. Next week, go ahead and be bad in church again, because that's just natural for you. No, we've got to get this under control. We gotta deal with this now. And we live in a world today where people don't ever deal with anything. Parents don't they don't deal with their kids, they don't punish their kids, you know, and there's no discipline in their life, and they go through their life never learning to deal with anything, never learn to deal with their temper, never learning to respect their uh, elders, never learn to do any of those things, and they become adults and they've never stopped themselves from doing anything, and when some Horrible things come into their mind. And when they're tempted to do some horrible things, they've never learned how to deal with it before. And that's why they're getting involved in all the junk that they're getting involved in. Listen, there are some sins that ought to disgust us. There are some things that ought to make us sick. There are some, and I hate to use an illustration like this, but I think it will help get the message across. For example, my son Jason... When he gets sick and he starts to throw up, it's bad. When he throws up, he rarely makes it to the toilet in time. He is kind of just a raging volcano. I mean, I'm, there was there was one day in particular I remember. We, it was when we lived in Utica, and I remember all of a sudden we heard him throwing up. And when he he decided to come downstairs, you know, to tell us, and on the way downstairs, he threw up all over the wall, all over the staircase. He got into the living room, he threw up all over the living room. I went upstairs, he had thrown up all over in his room. I mean, it was just, it was disgusting. I mean, I I remember I went, and I'm I'm cleaning, I'm I'm helping clean it up, and it smelled horrible. And I'm getting sick, and I remember I got done cleaning that puke up. And I told my wife, like, I think I've got it now. I said, I don't know if it's mental because that was so gross or if I really got it. And that night, the same thing ended up happening to me. And you know, none of us want to be around that stuff. But Jason, at the same time, that, that kid said, one day he threw up and him and Tommy were laying in the same bed. And when he, he'll throw up at night and he won't even realize that he's done it. And he'll lay there. The next morning he wakes up and there's this huge mess there. And one day we went in there and he had thrown up and it was all over. He woke up and I remember Tommy, he was laying there next to him and he woke up and I, or we're waking Tommy up to move him because 
It was he was right by it. And I remember Tommy woke up and like Tommy, be careful. It's like be careful. There's there's puke right there. And, and you know he's uh, and all of a sudden he sees it. He kind of does one of these things and jumps out of the way. You know it, it was it was gross. It was disgusting. But did you know I've been around people before that have had vomit on them and didn't seem to care. I've been around people who were drunk before and they've got vomit all over them and they don't seem to care. It doesn't bother them. You know, there are some really gross things that you can get used to that it doesn't even bother you. I remember in Bible school one year, there was, there was this boy. This kid, he was one of my favorite kids in the bus route. I know you're not supposed to have favorites, but he was mine. His name was James. and He was, he was this goofy kid. And... Uh, Love this, love this kid to death. Well, one day though, they were eating hot dogs at Bible school, and all of a sudden, something's going on. And one of the girls like, "Come, it's like by the time you got to come here." Like James just threw up all over the bathroom. I'm like, "Oh man!" So I go in there and threw up on dog all over the bathroom. It's all over the side of the sink. He got it everywhere but in the sink. It was all over him, and it was nasty. I'm like. I'm not cleaning that up. And so I gave him some stuff and I told him, I was like, clean that up. And so he went, tried to clean up, didn't do a very good job. He comes out to go back out to do the stuff with all the kids and he's got it all over his shirt. There's still hot dog chunks on his shirt. I almost threw up when I saw that. I said, James, it's like, you're not done. I said, I, I went, I, we, had, we had these t-shirts we were giving out for Bible school. I went and got one of those t-shirts and I gave, I gave it to him. I said, go put this on throw that shirt in the garbage. I mean, it was so gross. And he did a terrible job. And me and one of the girls, we had to clean the bathroom. We're in there the whole time and we're just dying. And we're just wanting, we're just wanting to throw up. It was so gross. And I'm probably making some of you sick right now even talking about it. But there are people that literally can get used to that stuff and it doesn't bother them. And if you were around it enough, it would not bother you. And there are some sins that are horrible and that they're disgusting and we've got to, we need to stay away from those things because if we're not careful, we can get used to them. Some of the things that people do, you hear about some of these crimes and things they're committing, you think, how can these people live with themselves? The truth is, some of them will do it and they'll go and eat a meal right after that. Because sin, it, it, it corrupts. And people can do things that are horrible. And there are sins today that are becoming accepted that are horrible, that are abominations. And yet people will look and say, well, you know, it seems so normal, it's so natural, it must be okay. You know, what is, what's going on? What, what is that? How do we explain it? Well, the truth is, what is happening in this country today, it makes, it makes perfect sense when we see what the Bible says. And in Romans chapter one verse twenty, I want you to turn. I want to try. I'm going to try to go through these things quick. I want you to see exactly what is happening and why we're even having these crazy debates. I'm telling you, it's not going to be long, and they're going to be wanting to make it where people can marry animals. I mean, it's getting that it's getting that perverted and that twisted in this country. But Romans one twenty says, "For the invisible things of Him from the creation of the world." are clearly seen, being understood by the things that are made, even as eternal power in Godhead, so that they are without excuse. We ought to be able to look at creation and know what's right when it comes to relationships. Man and woman. Male and female. From the beginning of creation. Adam and Eve. Uh, it's, it's just natural. But then it goes on It says, "...because that when they knew God, 
They glorified Him not as God, neither were thankful, but became vain in their imaginations, and their foolish heart was darkened. Professing themselves to be wise, they became fools. That reminds me of a lot of college professors and a lot of science teachers in schools today who have denied creation, who deny a Creator. They denied that. Professing themselves to be wise, well, we're smarter than all you creation people. You and your faith-based beliefs that you have We go by science. We go by the intellect. But the truth is, they're fools to believe some of that stuff that they're teaching in our school today. Professing themselves to be wise, they became fools and changed the glory of an uncorruptible God into an image made like to corruptible man, to birds and four-footed beasts and creeping things. Wherefore, God also gave them up to uncleanness through the lust of their own hearts to dishonor their own bodies between themselves, who changed the truth of God into a lie and worshiped and served the creature more than the Creator who is blessed forevermore. Our world today, they're worshiping creation, not the Creator. I mean, everything is all, all the kids' cartoons, it's all about global warming and pollution and stuff. Save the planet, save the planet, love the planet. Okay, our Creator, He made this plan that they can handle us. Okay, and I'm all for being clean and green and all that kind of stuff. But boy, I mean, these people, they are, they're worshiping creation. It says, for this cause, God gave them up unto vile affections, for even their women did change the natural use into that which is against nature. And likewise also the men, leaving the natural use of the woman, burning their lust one toward another, men with men, working that which is unseemly, and receiving in themselves that recompense of their error, which was meet. And even as they did not like to retain God in their knowledge, God gave them over to a reprobate mind to do those things which are not convenient. And then He goes and He names all these horrible sins. What has happened in this country today is man, our country as a whole, has decided that you know what? we we got to keep religion separate from everything else. They took Bibles out of public schools. They've taken the Ten Commandments out of the courthouses. They're, they don't want anything that has to do with religion being involved in our government. You're not supposed to talk about God in public. It's so, it, you, you can't do that. They didn't want to retain God in their knowledge. And God, uh, what God has allowed. And just because God allows something doesn't mean that God says it's okay. God is not this hostile dictator that controls every little move that we make. God didn't make us into a bunch of robots. There are some things that if we push God enough, He will allow us to do them, but then we got to live with the consequences. And the Bible says that God gave them over to vile affections. God gave them up to a reprobate mind. What these people are doing in this country today, to them... They are. They think it. It's okay. In their minds, in their hearts, it's completely natural. It's completely right. But we see in the Word of God that it is still in the New Testament an abomination, and it has consequences. And we, and I, I am not trying to you know run down a certain group. That goes for any sin. That goes for any whether it's being a thief, whether it's being a murderer, whether it's being a liar, whatever it is, you do that stuff enough, it'll become natural to you. You won't even feel bad doing it. You'll be able to steal. You take something to go shop. Most of us today, if we went into a store and we shoplifted something, 
when we walked out of that store, man, our heart would be pounding. We'd be sweating. We'd be nervous. We'd be looking over our shoulder for the net. We probably wouldn't be able to eat the rest of the day. We'd be so nervous about what we had just done. If there's other people, they can do it. Think nothing of it. No big deal. You know why? They, God gave them up they, to vile affections. They have that reprobate mind. That goes for any sin. And the reason this one, these, these sexual sins have become such a big problem is as a nation, we are embracing these things. Even many religions today, they're embracing these things and saying, it's okay. Jesus loves everyone and so do we. Listen, we love them too. But the difference is we love them enough to tell them what they're doing is wrong and that it's going to hurt them and it's not going to bring them happiness. That is a lie. But they refuse to recognize a supreme being. They've forgotten about a Creator. They don't realize that they were created by God. A supreme being, our Creator. Our founding fathers understood that. We are endowed by our Creator with certain unalienable rights. We've got all these people today talking about the rights that they have as Americans. Where do you get those rights from? You don't get your rights from a nation. You get our rights from God. And they're talking about rights to things that God never gave people right to. And it's, it's, it's crazy, but people, they've rejected Him. They do, not, they do not believe in that supreme being. They refuse to recognize a Savior. Well, you know, God, He's harsh. God's mean. But Jesus, though, Jesus loves everybody. The Bible also says, For God so loved the world that He gave His only begotten Son that whosoever believed in Him should not perish, but have everlasting life. God loves the world. God loves the whole world. And that is absolutely right. That is absolutely true. And also we see in verse 17, For God sent not His Son into the world to condemn the world, but that the world through Him might be saved. Jesus didn't come to condemn. Jesus didn't come to make people feel bad for their sin. Well, that's not exactly what it says. Well, it says Jesus didn't come to condemn. But verse 18, it says, He that believeth on Him is not condemned, but he that believeth not is condemned already, because he hath not believed in the name of the only begotten Son of God. We were already condemned. Mankind fell. We talked about this morning. Man, we're a fallen race. We are naturally sinners. And Jesus, no, He didn't come to this world so He could condemn us. He came because we were already condemned. We were already on the fast path to destruction. We were on our way to hell and He came. So through Him, we can be saved. Saved from what? Saved from hell? Saved from our sins. And saved from hell. Saved from our sins. They refuse to recognize that there is a Savior, that Jesus came and He died on a cross and He was dying for our sins. Not just the homosexual sins, but the heterosexual sins. The sin, all of our sins. He died for all of our sins. Our sins, every one of them. Jesus had to, He had to be nailed to a cross for those sins. Don't act ever. That's why we should never act like sin. It's a big deal. Listen, there's things that I, every one of you, every one of you in here, you've all sinned. There's areas where you all have faults and you have problems, and there's things that you've done wrong. And a lot of times, people they'll come into church and they want that church to be okay with that sin, and they'll get mad if the preacher preaches against it. But listen, that's just because a preacher preaches against something doesn't mean he hates you. We're supposed to do that. I preach against. My own sins. 
Because we are never to celebrate a sin. No matter how small it is, we're not supposed to make act like it's okay. We do these things because we're sinful people and it's a big deal. It was a big enough deal. Jesus had to leave heaven and come and die on a cross for us. And any sin that people try to celebrate and act like it's okay and wonderful, I'm here to tell you that that is dangerous because we are in a situation where we can have that reprobate mind and be given over to vile affections. And when we start saying that if sin is okay and that it's acceptable and it's natural, then it's not going to be long and we may be participating in that sin. We may be involved in that sin. And then the consequences that come with that are going to come on us too. And I don't know about you, but I want to avoid as much of it as I can. I have a tough enough time doing right that I don't need to go and making myself feel good for it. I don't need to do that. We need we need to repent of sin. We talked about it in, uh, on Wednesday the other night. But you know what? God puts some things in us that, like for example, pain is a good thing. Think, well, how is pain good? Well, for God puts some nerves and things in our fingers that if you get a hammer and you hit your thumb with a hammer, it hurts. Now, that pain is not fun. It's not pleasant. But what if you know, there was no pain. Well, we could keep doing that, and pretty soon our phone's not going to work right anymore. That pain—it's a warning that God gave us that says, "Don't do that. Don't do that." You know, you hey, you need to be more careful when you stub your toe. You know, I mean, and I, it, those, those those painful things—they're warnings for us. They stop us from doing things that could cause greater problems. And God also has given us different emotional pain and things. There's things that if you do them that you know mentally, emotionally, and even physically, it's going to tear you up. You know why God did that for you? Because those are things that are going to destroy your life. They're going to hurt other people. And in our country today, when people are committing sins and doing wrong, instead, you know, God gave them that pain, but man has come up with all these different drugs and things that people are taking to get rid of that pain. Listen, you need that. You need it. When you feel bad for something that you've done, that's a good thing. It's a, it's a good thing. That means you still got a conscience. It means you still have the ability to feel. There's people that have lost feeling or feeling in certain parts of their body, and it's it can be kind of a dangerous thing. And there's people that have lost that emotionally. They have no conscience, and they can do horrible things, and they don't even seem to feel it. But the consequences are still there. The destruction is still there. We need to recognize. But there is a Savior. They've refused that. They've also, and then finally, they've refused to recognize a divine law. In our country today, we talk so much about democracy that people think, all right, if we can get a majority to think something, then it's right. And that doesn't make any sense at all. Just because a majority of people think something doesn't make it right. I imagine the Cubs, they probably have more fans than any other baseball team. But. Does that mean they're the best team in baseball? Because most people think it? Absolutely not. They haven't won a World Series in over 100 years. Just because most people think it doesn't mean it's right. We have a divine law. Hebrews 4.12 says, For the Word of God is quick and powerful and sharper than any two-edged sword, piercing even to the dividing asunder of the soul and spirit and of the joints and marrow and is a discerner 
of the thoughts and intents of the heart. Neither is there any creature that is not manifest in His sight, but all these things are naked and open unto the eyes of Him with whom we have to do, seeing then that we have a great high priest that is passed into the heavens, Jesus the Son of God, let us hold fast our profession. For we have not an high priest which cannot be touched with the feeling of our infirmities, but was in all points tempted like as we are, yet without sin." Let us therefore come boldly unto the throne of grace that we may obtain mercy and find grace to help in time of need. I'm here today to tell you that our God, that He He loves the entire world. He loves every person, no matter how goofed up, no matter how perverted they are. He knows what they're going through. Jesus understands temptation. He was tempted in all points, the Bible says, like as we are, yet without sin. Because He was God. He never gave into that sin. He did the right thing, but He knows what we're going through. He knows. And because He knows that, He gave us a law that we're supposed to follow. A divine law. A perfect law. Psalms 19.7 says, The law of the Lord is perfect, converting the soul. The testimony of the Lord is sure, making wise and simple. The statutes of the Lord are right. Rejoicing the heart, the commandments of the Lord are pure, enlightening the eyes. More to be desired are they than gold, yea, than much fine gold, sweeter also than honey and the honeycomb. Moreover, by them is thy servant warned, and in keeping of them there is great reward. When we follow the Word of God, you're going to be blessed. Your life is going to be better. When you disobey, the Word of God, there is going to be consequences. There is going to be pain. And because of God's love for us, He has given us a law. The rule is apparent when you have kids at home or if you have kids at home, when you make rules, no parent does it because they hate their kids and want to make them miserable. You do it out of love. Because you want to protect them. You understand that, hey, I am older than them. I understand more than them. I have more wisdom than they do. And this is going to, this is going to protect them. And they fight you every step of the way. But you know what? You stay strong and you keep doing right because you love them. And God has done the same thing for us. He knows way more than we do. He's far more wise than we ever could be. And we're supposed, and we fight him every step of the way. But thank God he's merciful and he stays on us and he even punishes us when we need it, if it will protect us. But if we're not careful, we can push it to a point where God says, alright, enough's enough. Go ahead. You're going to have to deal with the consequences. Parents, sometimes they have to do that with their children. They get to an age and they get to the point where they say, alright, go ahead. You don't, you know, go ahead and move out. Do what you want to do. No parent wants them to. But there comes a point where you have to let them. You can't. You can't protect them forever. If they're bound and determined to, to do wrong, there's not a whole lot you can do to stop it. But it doesn't ever mean that it's a, it's okay. And of course, as a parent, you never stop loving them. It doesn't mean you're okay with what they're doing. And our God, He's He's not okay with what's going on in this world today. In these areas that we've been talking about, he's not—he's not okay with it. But he's—he's he's allowed it, and there's been consequences. I mean, you look at the statistics of 
uh, suicide rates and things with the, with a lot of these people. And they always say it's because of all the intolerance. Now, you know what the truth is? People are more intolerant against Christians than anybody else today. I mean, look at look at this latest example. But I'm I'm here to tell you, it it doesn't bother me one bit. I don't that the world is not for what I do. I, we've got you know we've got family members that don't agree with our lifestyle and don't like it. Honestly, the only reason it bothers that bothers me at all is because I love them so much, and I'm thinking, I wish they were doing this too. But as far as for what I'm doing, I have no problem with it. I don't. It doesn't matter. I know it's right. I have the Word of God. If people know that what they're doing is right, the intolerance is not going to bother them so much. Why are they demanding that we all accept it? And the reason is the Bible says that men love light rather than darkness lest their deeds should be reproved. It also said, uh, neither does any man come to the light lest their deeds be reproved. People want to do wrong and they don't want to be reminded that it's wrong. And that's why they stay away from Christ. They don't want to come to that light. It'll shine a light on what they're doing and they're not going to be able to enjoy that sin that they're committing. We're never supposed to enjoy sin. It does bring pleasure for a season, the Bible says, but just a season... It's only a matter of time before it catches up with you and it will destroy your life. And because as God's people we do love others, we're going to continue speaking the truth. And we're and don't ever and I hope you do that. Don't ever let anybody convince you that you are a hater or that you are a bigot because you believe what the Word of God says and because you stand on that. You're not. That is true love right there. The kind of the same kind of love that God showed us. So I hope that has helped you. I hope you know, that this will encourage you to keep on standing strong on your beliefs and doing the right things. So let's stand together, our heads bowed and eyes closed.